Hello, Line Cook Nation. Welcome to the Line Cook Thoughts Podcast. I am your host, Ray DeLucci, and on this episode, I got to interview Chef Jessica Scott. Jessica is a pastry chef working for Barton G Restaurants, and she is their executive corporate pastry chef. And basically, at Barton G, they aim to make these over-the-top dining experiences for the guests. I really suggest checking out their Instagram. Uh, it's at Barton G on Instagram because there's so many cool dishes. And in the podcast, Jessica kind of goes behind the scenes and how she made a lot of them. But it still was very interesting and cool just to see these dishes in action. Um, besides that, she also was on Food Network's Pastry Games, where she won the second season. And she's also been on Food Network's Halloween Baking Championship. And she's just been all over, it seems like. She's done a lot of work in the food industry. She pushes herself constantly to try and experiment with new things, whether it's opening a pop-up in Denver to going to the Aspen Food and Wine Classic. She's done so much. She's worked. At, she's cooked at the James Beard House, and she won Best for Last, Best Dessert Award at the Annual Chef Throwdown in 2017. Um, she also worked at an award-winning Mexican restaurant called Puesto, and she became kind of viral with her dessert, the churro eclair. You can look it up online. It looks delicious. I wish I could have one. I hope one day I do. Um, but I was very happy to uh, interview Jessica because I learned so much. Uh, my background's more culinary focused, so it was really interesting for me to interview someone with more of a pastry background. And I think anyone can listen to the, to the podcast and gain a lot from it. But if you are in a culinary background, I suggest you listen to it because you get a different perspective on the inspiration for pastry chefs and if you're a pastry chef i think you'd find it really interesting to kind of have someone who's in your degree tell you that story and if you're just interested in cooking obviously it's going to be entertaining uh once again thank you so much for listening and here we go hey jessica how's it going Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, thank you for joining us on the podcast. I'm very excited to interview. Absolutely. No, I'm happy to be here. This is uh, really exciting for me as well. Thank you. Uh, so why don't you go and uh, just tell us about yourself a little bit, like your background, maybe how you got into cooking or baking and yeah, just all that great stuff. Um, well, I've been in the industry for about 10 years now. I started when I was 18. Um, me getting in the industry was kind of backwards because I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. And I was going to a community college because I knew that I had to pay for all of my school. So why to go to a four year when I didn't know what the heck I was doing? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, and then I was uh, baking cakes a lot at home because I, you know, had friends that had like birthdays and um, it just made me really happy to make other people really excited. And especially when it was a surprise. Yeah. And then one of my friends was just like, you know, why, why don't you just do this? And uh, I don't know, I didn't take it seriously. And then I saw literally a commercial for culinary school and I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> awesome. But then I got like a tour of the school and I had just never seen anything like that before. Like I loved that there was like so much creativity and it was also super chaotic. And I was just like in love from the very beginning. Awesome. Um, and so when you started like baking cakes and all that, like how did you learn before you went to school? Uh, mostly my mom. I mean, uh, 
don't get me wrong, like they weren't that fancy. Uh, it was definitely box cake. Uh, Pillsbury mm-hmm. does me good. Uh, <laughs> and uh, to this day, my mom still makes me Pillsbury birthday cakes for my birthday. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's just how it started. You know, I, I actually didn't know a whole lot, but um, I knew it was just something that I was excited about. And when that happens, then there's just no stopping me. So um, I just went full in and I kind of also went into it being like, oh, my God, no one knows that I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I every night I was always watching Food Network and reading books and going to school early, leaving late, uh, working full time during all of that. I think I was averaging like maybe four hours of sleep, <laughs> but I was just, you know, super motivated. And that's all that mattered to me. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. It's great to see motivation in people when they're following their dreams. Um, it's inspiring. So uh, tell me a little bit about the food scene in San Diego. Um, I've never been to San Diego. I've been on the West Coast for a little bit for school, but never in that part of California. San Diego is awesome. It's it's just so full of life and it's growing uh, exponentially. It's still, you know, I would consider it like a small town when you compare it to L.A. because L.A. is just two hours away. Mm-hmm. But um, there's just so much depth to it because there's a lot of influence from Mexico um, because we're just right there on the border. Yeah. And uh, and the seafood available is amazing. So you're able to get all of that West Coast seafood, everything from Mexico. Um, so like the farmers markets are like out of this world because it's also California. So you have like crazy awesome uh produce and um and so i could like go to the farmer's market you know they'd crack open an uni for me and uni ceviche like a la carte just like that Mm -hmm. Um, and there's also a large asian community uh so the possibilities are endless when you visit so um there's just a big melting pot but um there's also a lot of like creativity involved and involved so a lot of people are like combining different types of foods so they'll have like Vietnamese and Italian or I've had a like Cuban and a and a Mexican and um, which actually is not that similar which I've learned even more so from being in Florida um, because uh, I've grown up with the Mexican community and now I'm a totally different type of Hispanic community here oh wow yeah that's that's great um how does that how does your experiences there like kind of play into the desserts you create? Because you like, yeah, obviously left an impression on you with all the seafood and like the freshness and the availability of the food. How does that kind of inspire you to create desserts or does it at all? I guess. I, I would say it really, it's really influenced my desserts. Um, I, I really push for really fresh ingredients. I think that it's really important um simply because it's just so easy to get into that uh life of you know dry goods and canned goods and you know just lying too heavily on that but i think what gives dessert life in food life is you know the produce that's behind it you know there's nothing like biting into like a super fresh strawberry and so if i I'm going to make a dessert with strawberry i want those flavors to be like so pronounced and mm-hmm. um and i think that's something that's very reflective of my food is that nothing's muted. It's always super loud and in your face because I just want you to just have like an explosion of flavor and texture whenever you're eating my food. Awesome. Um, so how was training at the Art Institute of California? Uh, Cause that's where you did your school. 
I did. Um, the training was good. Um, if you made the most of it, it's, uh, it's really easy just to cruise by in school and it's honestly just way too expensive to be wasting it like that. So my attitude was that if I was going to get into major student loan debt, <laughs> I was going to make the most of it. So the teachers were really knowledgeable and they gave us a lot of opportunities. So like I said, I'd always be at school early, uh, you know, so I could work on the teacher with the teachers on separate projects. I was always volunteering for uh, different events that I could do. Cause sometimes they always needed like student, um, you know, assistance. And that's actually how I got one of my jobs was because I was an assistant and yeah. one of the, uh, yeah. And it was great because it was like the top restaurant in San Diego and it has been for like over a decade. And, um, I was telling him that I needed a job and he's like, well, you did a great job here. How about you just work for us? And I like my jaw dropped. I like, can't believe it was like that easy, but it's really, you know, at the end of the day, people want someone that, you know, is obviously experienced, but that they, you know, would like to be in the kitchen with as well. And I, and so doing those kind of events, you know, really put yourself out there and, you know, connects you to different people. So they know who you are and you're a good person and you're not going to annoy the crap out of them on the line or you know, whatever <laughs> the case may be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, same as well with culinary school, you put in a lot, you get a lot. If you just cruise by, like no one's ever going to reach out their hand and just be like, "Hey, want this opportunity?" So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's cool to see that across the board because I went to the CIA, but um, anywhere you go to cooking school, you definitely have to put in a lot to get the most out of your experience. Otherwise, why go? So, exactly. Yeah, you you have to use it to you know the the full advantage. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you could just tell me a little bit about the Denver Five, because I was reading your bio and that was the first thing that stuck out to me. The Denver Five was an interesting experience. So um, basically what it is, it's a, uh, a group of five chefs in Denver. And uh, usually every year it's a totally different group of chefs. And what they do is that they put on uh, different like charity like pop-ups. Um, and so if there's mm-hmm. five chefs, usually each chef will like choose a location and a charity that they want to provide for and then um we also you know uh we we get to go to aspen food and wine after all the pop-ups and we get to cook at the yeah the james beard house so it was just you know all like even being asked to be on the team was an amazing thing because i had actually just moved to colorado and my boss at the time was a part of the Denver Five. And, you know, so you just kind of started off knowing, like, oh, my God, like, that's so cool. Like, you know, it's almost like you know, having, like, a TV star <laughs> at the time, mm-hmm. just a pastry cook. You know, you just, like, look up to these people. <laughs> and then I, um, I eventually became uh, executive chef of a dessert restaurant. And so I had the resume that would allow me to be a part of this team. And uh, the organizer of the team was really impressed with the opening. And uh, she asked if I wanted to be a part of the team. And at first I thought she was joking because I just have this terrible habit of being like, what, me? No, I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If, like, I'm ready for that. And uh, so it was great. I got to work with like four other amazing chefs. And um, they were just so creative and so smart and it just, I think it really had an influence on my career because I 
I just never got to to be a, around the, that kind of caliber of chefs um, because normally, you know, in pastry, we're like in our little dungeons and you know, we mm-hmm. kind of keep to ourselves. So it was great to like get out there. And then I was able to like talk to people about my food because at the pop-ups you get to, you know, actually serve uh, the people and they're asking you questions and you just, I, I love that because I, I got to like really connect with people. They would eat my food and I can immediately have them, you know, look at me and be like, oh my God, that was amazing. And then mm-hmm. I'm just like stoked on life for like, you know, a week or so. <laughs> like, it was awesome. just a cool experience. And what's your advice to maybe some young cooks who are trying to get a pop-up going? I have a couple of friends who are going to be doing a pop-up and maybe just some advice to them or anyone else who wants to do one i think you know connecting to other businesses um will usually get you really far i mean there are so many um not just uh restaurants but you know uh water companies or soda or you know produce or like there's so many like um small family owned businesses that want to get their name out there too so if you if there's someone that you like you really respect you know it's really just starting a conversation with them and being like hey like i love your stuff i make food like i would love you know i'm trying to start a pop-up you know is there something that you want to you know bring into the uh into this pop-up you know usually they'll give their product away for free because they just want more people to know about them so um, I, I would, and the same can go for locations as well. I mean, you know, especially if there's a new restaurant um, or, you know, an area that, you know, wants more recognition, sometimes even the city, you know, like they always need something to put on their taxes. So <laughs> you can use this mm-hmm. to your advantage. So it's uh, again, and yeah, it's connecting with people. So it, it makes it a lot easier, but then um, it makes it a lot more rewarding as well. Awesome. How would you uh, approach location? Would you like for a pop up? Um, you know, it depends on you know the location. If you you know, uh, I, I've done like events like outside, like on farms. Like sometimes that those are actually more fun because you know usually the farm, you know, they have all of this great space, and then so all you have to do is just you know rent um, you know chairs and tables and and things of that sort. But then if you're on a farm, then you know you're promoting, you know, the farmer, you're in the middle of like this beauty. Um, that would probably be the, the first thing that I would think of. And then otherwise restaurants, I mean, um, those are a little bit more difficult because then you'd have to do it during a time where, you know, is it their like peak time for business? So it's just, you know, kind of hopping around and like looking at, you know, what you want to accomplish for your pop-up. Is it just to make food and, you know, get, people interested um you know that's one thing or is it to you know gain more uh relationships uh with your community and you know and then seeing what the opportunities lie after that so it, it just kind of depends okay awesome thank you for that advice um so what was your like time like at the james beard house uh, could you run us through uh, what you enjoyed about it maybe what you didn't enjoy or you know, uh, the James Beard House is uh, very interesting and super exciting. Um, the James Beard House is actually exactly how it sounds. It's a house. So the mm-hmm. kitchen is pretty large for a house, but it's certainly not a restaurant kitchen. So when I was yeah. there for the Denver Five, here we are, like five big chefs, and <laughs> we're like trying to like 
you know, uh, cross over each other and make sure we're not like in each other's space and trying to figure out how the heck we're going to fit everything in the fridge. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that was really interesting, but we made it, you know, really light. But um, but the fact that we were cooking in the same place as so many notable and amazing chefs um, that have also cooked there was just so humbling. And I just, mm-hmm. uh, the whole time I was there, I just like couldn't believe I was there. And I think all of us had the same thought. Like, I think like an hour would go by and we'd like get really quiet when we're like prepping. Then we'd be like, dude, can you believe it? Like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was just, um, it was just amazing. And then, you know, we, uh, we served, uh, hors d'oeuvres and we served, um, you know, a five course meal. And after the meal, we got to go upstairs to the dining room and introduce ourselves. And, you know, everyone's like clapping for you. Like you just did this, uh, amazing like stage performance. And, uh, it was just a really cool experience. I, uh, I would definitely do it again. And, you know, at the time I was, really young and um a little inexperienced so i would be excited to do something like that again and really you know you know bring something crazy to the game awesome yeah uh, i actually got to go cook for the james beard house with my restaurant that i work at i'm actually leaving oh now. wow um yeah my chef asked me when i was 19 it was like two years ago um and it was just like you know I, it wasn't like i was creating anything i was there and i helped him you know, pick the garnishes and, you know, get things prepared for the dip, like the dinner. But just going there was, it was just an insane experience for me. Um, but when I got there, I walked past it twice because I was expecting yes. a grand building. And there's just this placard on the wall that says the, says the James Beard House. And it's like, oh, this, here yeah, it is. And it. then the inside was really small. Um, but yeah, I loved it. Uh, it was a very memorable night. But I, yeah, it was very small and a little challenging and it, but it was it was fun so that's so great that's awesome experience. that you had that experience yeah um so then the next thing i want to talk about is dessert games on food network uh i thought that'd be something interesting to talk about because a lot of people going to culinary school um they don't really know much about tv chefs and i touched upon it in my last podcast um or the podcast i recorded with ej lagasi um <laughs> And, you know, we, he just gave me a different perspective on TV chefs that I didn't know about. So I guess, you know, not saying you are a TV chef, but what was your experience like working for you know, a show instead of working in a bakery or a pastry restaurant? Well, you know, it was interesting because um, it was a competition. And, uh, and what I've seen is that, you know, the competition side of like TV and then the, um, you know, diners, drive-ins and dives kind of part of TV. They're just totally different. Um, I luckily got to have the experience of both. I was on the dessert games. And then I also was on another show called a comfort food crawl where they came into the restaurant and, you know, I got to make food for them. So it's, it's just totally different because when you're in a competition, all you're thinking about is, Oh my God, I'm on TV and just don't embarrass yourself (laughs) you know like don't you know drop your entire dessert on the floor or like uh for the dessert games you're actually running through a grocery store and you have to get all your ingredients and so Mm -hmm. I was like running my ass off (laughs) just so I don't want to waste any time and but you're timed and so and that's like it's just really difficult because you're in a brand new kitchen so anyone that 
know is like, you know, your first day in a new kitchen, even for work is like, oh my God, where the, where's the freaking peeler? I don't know where the blender is. Like, what is this? And it's just frustrating. So on top of that, you're being timed. You don't know your kitchen. You're trying, and you know, this crazy competition, you, uh, you're also trying to get your ingredients. So you're trying to memorize all the aisles, like, oh my God, where is like the sugar? You know, where's the milk? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was just insanity. Um, But I, you know, so I was just trying so hard uh, to just make sure that, you know, I didn't embarrass myself. But for the most part, I I just couldn't believe I was even on it. It was, and that's all I was excited about. I was like, you know, like you got here, you you made it to the show because they they do about uh, three it felt like three months of interviews. I, I must have talked to at least five different people on the phone and on Skype because they want to make sure that, you know, that you're experienced, that your, you know, your resume isn't, you know, bullshit. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then that you're not going to freeze on the camera. Like they can't spend all this money to, you know, send you to the studio and, you know, get you all ready. And then all of a sudden you like, don't move. Like that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, all of that, uh, you know, kind of went into it. Um, but it, it was just crazy. And, and the fact that I came out of the show uh, victorious, I, I was shocked. Like, and I, and I don't want you to get a wrong, me wrong. Like, I definitely, you know, know that I have the experience and I, I'm pretty confident in my skills, but there were just some really amazing chefs and they put out amazing stuff. And they had also, all three of them had been on like different shows before too. So I was brand new, no idea what I'm doing just giving it my all. But, you know, you just have to rely on what you know. And I know flavor and I stuck with recipes that I knew that I could bust out. I wasn't trying to, you know, be crazy and do anything different. Um, and and it worked and uh, and and after it you're you think to yourself oh god i never want to do this again then a week goes by and you're like yeah sure i'll do it again (laughs) that's how i've done uh you know a couple of other shows since then oh what did you create on the show like what was your winning dish um well the final dish i had to make a dessert using uh oh i had to make an ultimate ice cream sandwich um and it had to include okay. chicharrones um which is uh, pork rinds uh, mm-hmm. so i pork wow. rinds don't have a lot of flavor so i kept thinking that i have to really infuse it in as many ways as possible so i put made like pork rind ice cream and i put pork rinds in my chocolate ganache and i made a uh, a cake waffle that had pork rinds inside and really? what was funny is that when we were going through um you know when the judges are talking to you and like giving their criticism they're like yeah you know i don't taste the pork rinds enough and i was like what oh my god how is that possible <laughs> but um but it you know it still ended up being enough <laughs> but it was just like a crazy experience Awesome. And then how was uh, the Halloween Baking Championship? The Halloween Baking Championship, you know, that was a lot more difficult because, you know, the dessert games, it was just like a one day thing. It was a long, long day. I think I was there for 18 hours. But then uh, for the Halloween games, it's uh, multiple episodes. So I was 
there for two weeks straight and most days were uh, around 12 hours long. Um, sometimes they were a lot longer. I think I, we had a few 15 hour days because there's just so much that goes into it. Um, you, you're supposed to arrive already in your makeup and then you get there and they put more makeup on you. Oh my gosh, so much makeup. And, <laughs> and then, yes, I guess they, they know you're going to sweat it off. I don't know. And then um, you go into the room and they tell you what your first challenge is and you're so freaking nervous and you go through the whole challenge and then they bring you back to the waiting room and you chill out in the waiting room and then you go back to the kitchen and they tell you how bad you are and then you go back to the waiting room <laughs> and, and there's <laughs> another challenge and that's like the longer one and then you just keep doing that and then you think you're done and then at the end of it, you have to do at least an hour, sometimes two hours of interviews. The whole okay. part when they're, you know, they cut to you and you're like talking about it, um, your experience, yeah. that takes so long. <laughs> yeah. uh, and did you know the results when doing the interview? Like you knew everything before? Uh, yeah, we did. Um, and so that, w- that was always kind of a difficult to go through. Um for the most part, especially if you didn't do well, because you're, you're, you're supposed to act like, you know, it's just happening. So, um, it's, it's a little difficult when you're like, man, I should have done this. They're like, well, we don't care that what you should have done. What did you do? Like, and talk us through it. And you're supposed to speak in like the current tense. You can't be like, oh yeah, I made a ganache. It's, it's like, oh, I'm making a ganache. And then this happens. And, <laughs> You have to be <laughs> really excited, even though you've been there for 15 hours. But um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's not so much pretending because I mean, at least for me, I was excited about being there. It's just it's uh, you know you're hard on yourself, and it's uh, it's really tough environment. Again, a brand new kitchen. You're being timed. You have people that definitely want you to lose. They're not your friends. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know it's just a hard environment to be in. But at the end of the day, I actually did come out with some friends. Um, you know, actually one of them is going to be in town next week. Uh, he's a uh, you know visiting me here in Miami, so I'm really excited that I got to come out of that with some contacts and good friends in the pastry industry because you know you definitely need a lot of those you know to keep going. <laughs> just to get advice and you know moving forward um so it overall it was a good a a great experience but um just really hard it's hard on your body it's hard on your mind and you just have to be super strong and you know make sure you have a good support system more than anything awesome yeah that's a definitely an interesting take on the food industry um there's a lot of cooks or chefs don't really know about that side of it um so then tell me about the so you designed for the creation chocolate event um can you just run me through like what you did and that that experience and how you came up with your design yeah there was a it's basically like a a local chocolate competition it's uh it's for a charity um to support uh the homelessness in san diego so um it was something i was really excited to be a part of and they're actually a very um, intense about who they allow into this competition. (laughs) 
So uh, they kept reminding me that um, that they own, that they wanted a family of chefs. So I thought that was really interesting that they cared so much about um, the people that were behind all the food. But um, mm-hmm. chocolate actually has uh, never been my friend. <laughs> but Perfect. I'm always trying to push myself to do things that make me uncomfortable so that I can get better. Um, the only thing I knew how to do well was making chocolate uh, flowers. So I literally made a bed of flowers we're talking a hundred flowers made out of chocolate and every single petal was made individually um and the other thing is that i wanted to make something really colorful i feel like a lot of chocolatiers they usually stay with mostly dark chocolate because it's a stronger product and it sticks better and you know it always looks very elegant i suppose um but I don't like to do what everyone else is doing. And I wanted to make something that I was super stoked about. So um, I made this you know, huge bed of flowers. It was about four feet long by two inches or two feet deep. Um, and, you know, we decorated it with different leaves and it was all made out of colored white chocolate. And uh, we ended up winning best design out of this competition that's full of chefs that have been doing this for, you know, decades for a living and, you know, doing the competition themselves for years and years. And this is my very first year. And that's the thing is that like, you know, I just go into things, you know, saying to myself, like, I'm just going to do the best that I possibly can. Usually I am doing something really crazy and I haven't always tested out which I don't really recommend but um Mm -hmm. it just it worked out and I think people also respond to chefs that are really excited about their product and I got to stand at my table I got to tell them how excited I was and um I, I don't think that was all of it but I think it has something to do with it people like to know the story behind the dish and the chef and um and and everyone, I think, is always looking for that kind of connection. And I, and I think that helps a lot. Great. Um, so not only did you get to be on Food Network, but your, your baking also went viral um, with a churro eclair. So how did you create this and how did it go viral? I guess? <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's funny because I was in a weird situation at my last job. Um, I was working at this place called Puesto. And it's a Mexican restaurant, um, a, ni- a nice Mexican restaurant, you know, sit down, a couple courses. But uh, everyone always wanted churros on the menu, but we could never make traditional churros. Every location only had one fryer and it was always used to make fried fish tacos. And I was pretty sure okay. that no one wanted a fish flavored churro. <laughs> so <laughs> I uh, and what was crazy is I had actually just gotten back from a trip to Paris. I had actually never had a vacation in my life before. And I had been in the industry uh, for years at this time, never, you know, traveled. And so I got to go to Paris and I saw that the way that they were making their eclairs and it was just beautiful. They were like, they just looked like jewels in this like huge box. And I was so inspired. Mm -hmm. And I was literally on the train, on the plane ride back when I thought of the idea of the churro eclair and I was so excited about trying it out and it actually worked. And, um, originally it was just, I think like a special I made one day and I put it on my Instagram and I was like, okay, whatever. And I'm like done, move on. And then, uh, the, 
the people from the the website, um, they contacted me and they're like, oh, hey, like we uh, really like your product, you know, uh, here at Insider Dessert, you know, can you send us some videos and maybe we'll put it on our site. So Mm -hmm. I like, you know, just sent them all my videos and I thought that maybe there would be, you know, they would tell me, oh, your videos aren't very good or, you know, what. I don't know, like, uh, oh, this isn't what we thought or whatever the case. But then just literally the next day, they're like, okay, so it's on the site. I was like, oh, my God. But here's the thing is that it was actually, it was an amazing thing. But at the same time, like, we did not serve those on the menu. (laughs) So in (laughs) one day, I had to, like, rally up all my pastry cooks. I had to have a meeting with the owners to, like, you know, get the promotion started and make sure that we were set. And we also have yeah. four locations. So I wasn't just making Charlie Claire's for one location. I then had to make, I think, a thousand in one day. It was like no notice. <laughs> and it was just really gnarly. Um, but it was so exciting. And like, yeah, so now, um, you know, Charlie Claire, like, I, I love it. And it makes me happy because it has like this cool sandy texture on the outside and just naturally mm-hmm. like, um, Ex, like expands the flavor of fruit and other you know products so um to me it just uh, it just kind of made sense and uh it just turned into this huge thing and uh who knew yeah well congrats on that i mean it's it's, it's it takes a lot of courage to try something new but then to put it out there and then put it out there in the terms of social media uh, it takes a lot so congrats on getting it out you're getting your product thank you there. so much Awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. Okay. Hey, Jessica, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. So uh, tell me a little bit about Barton G. Uh, I guess that's where you're working right now. Um, just more about uh, what the group does and what your role is in the company. Well, uh, Barton G is a dining experience like no other. Um, every dish is actually presented on a centerpiece that can be interactive or just gigantic and amazing. All of the desserts, they serve at least four people so that we can really push the boundaries of the food. So um, if you ever look at the Instagram, we really do some crazy stuff. Um, I think the dessert that the most known for is actually cotton candy it's a uh they have a mannequin head and they put a four foot tall um cotton candy wig on top so uh i mean of course you know i get to design like the bottom desserts you know make sure you know it's usually something a little tart to balance out all the sweetness Mm -hmm. it's really like this balance of you know great quality food you know very I wouldn't call it fine dining, but it's, you know, using the quality of food of fine dining, but putting it in this approachable and uh, fun atmosphere. So um, you can, most people definitely go for birthdays and anniversaries because it's definitely a little pricey, (laughs) but, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it's, it's an experience. So that's a, that's what you're, you know, that's kind of what you're paying for. And that's, and when you're with a whole group of people and you're sharing, then it's just so fun. Um, I mean, we have a dessert that, uh, you know, actually has like a game that you can like, uh, you know, 
use for like a duck hunt and you know we have another dessert that is has like a huge dollar bill and they the dessert comes out and it's a big brick and they melt the brick and it just becomes this whole other level of dessert and you know appealing to all of your senses where you're smelling like the melted marshmallow and you know the heat of the torch and it's just become it's just an experience so what my role is, is, I'm the corporate executive pastry chef of all locations. So we have uh, two locations at the moment. We have one in LA and in Miami, and we're going to be opening up in Chicago. So my biggest role is actually being the creator. I get to have a lot of fun. Um, I do mostly R&D for my position. So every day I get in the kitchen and I'm trying out something new because besides having these crazy centerpieces, I'm also trying to make, you know, the next churro eclair. Like, what is that? Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm, uh, you know, but that takes a lot of time and a lot of failures because, you know, I'm trying to make something that no one's ever done before. Like, Currently, I'm trying to make a beignet that's the size of a small pillow, and it's not going great, but (laughs) I know that one day I'm going to figure it out, and that's going to be so cool. Um, And so along with that, along with, uh, you know, being the creator of the desserts, I'm also uh, the creator of all of the centerpieces as well. The centerpieces... um, Basically, I need to think of a new idea in my head of like what I'd like to accomplish. You know, one of my my newest dishes, I created this uh, diorama out of a television and I basically took a television. I ripped out all of its insides and I created this like dessert scene on the inside. And, (laughs) And so a lot of what I do is, you know, besides just food is that I'm also like creating you know pieces so I work with carpenters and painters and you know these like uh like mechanics even sometimes if we need something to like turn around or you know be be a little bit more fun so that's been a very interesting job I've only been here you know less than a year but every day I'm learning something new so it's very exciting Um, But along with that, I also have a responsibility to all of the locations. So I have a pastry chef at every location that is responsible for all of their pastry cooks and making sure that we stay in line and um, with all of our recipes and that they're consistent with uh, whatever location you go to. So um, Mm -hmm. that's probably, you know, the most difficult part of my job is just, you know, making sure that the communication is there. I'm wearing so many different hats at this job. So it's really easy to just, you know, not, you know, make check up on them and make sure they're okay. It's not that I'm checking up on them to, you know, micromanage. It's also just so that they feel supported. They've got this, they're experienced. They, they know what they're doing. They don't need me to hold their hand, but it's communicating mm-hmm. with them every day to make sure that, you know, they know that, problems and you know and then they're also allowed to be a part of the creative process as well like I I welcome anyone that has ideas like I am definitely not the say so know-it-all like everyone has come from so many different backgrounds and it's just so helpful when we're trying to basically accomplish the world <laughs> and you know mm-hmm. you, you need a whole team to do that 
That's great. Yeah, I mean, when I was doing research for the podcast, I went on the Instagram and I was just blown away. I was like, wow, this is the desserts are fun. They're in, like you said, they're interactive, and I like I want to go at some point if I'm ever in one, like near one of your locations. But um, like talk to me about the gold bar, like melting that. And how does that work exactly? So um, there's a dessert underneath the gold bar. Um, it's a chocolate tart with uh, Italian meringue and uh, dulce de leche. And so we make the gold bar out of uh, white chocolate. Or actually, no, it's dark chocolate now. Sorry. We make the, uh, the gold bar out of dark chocolate and we paint it gold. So when it comes to the table, uh, we pour a little bit of liquor on it and then we set it on fire and the perfect amount of liquor won't make the dessert taste like rum. Thank goodness. Um, it'll mm-hmm. burn off and it'll actually just burn the exact top of the brick so that it just reveals the dessert and uh, kind of toasts the meringue a little bit too. So um, it's just something fun. And then uh there's actually a second part to the dessert where the server themselves are actually required when they serve this dessert to be wearing a, um, a mask like that you would wear when you're, uh, you know, manipulating metal. And then they always wear like an apron that has like hello kitty on it. It's very silly, (laughs) but, um, but that's just what Barton G is about. It's like, they're very out there and you know, they're, they're here to make something memorable and, something that the chef had said to me when I was first interviewing for the position because it was just so crazy and I just didn't really understand it at first we were uh, Mm -hmm. we were actually sitting at dinner um you know having the meal so I could really see it firsthand and he explained to me you know that you can go to a super fancy uh, dinner anywhere you know you can go to Jean George's or you know a, a um, you know any of like the fine dining places and you're going to remember that you had an amazing experience and you might remember you know one or two dishes but when you get, mm-hmm. eat at Barton G you remember every single course because every single course is so memorable I mean you order deviled eggs for an appetizer and they come to you with a freaking chicken coop and then they open the chicken coop and there are like <laughs> like r- bright red eggs that you would like that are so delicious they have like truffle bacon crumble on them and they're amazing and you know and then you move on to like your entree and it's like served with like a samurai sword that I get to you know I'm actually able to take off of the centerpiece and pose with it because why not pretend <laughs> I'm gonna eat my steak with it if I like, yeah. And then you know, and then finally dessert, which you know, usually there's always like sparklers on the dessert because you know, every it's always a celebration, and we add, like to add a little extra to those that are coming to celebrate with us on their special day. And so, just all around, you know, like the beginning to end, even the drinks. Oh my gosh, they're like liquid nitrogen drinks. It's just it. There's just no limit, and that's the kind of place that I wanted to be at. I wanted to be at a place where I felt like I could do anything like it, like, the, and I have crazy ideas and that's like acceptable here. <laughs> oh, that's really mm-hmm. great. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, is it challenging to have your peers like come in to the restaurant? Like, are they excited? Like what's the vibe from like other pastry cooks around you or other industry people? Uh, the vibe of, Barton G? Just like because it's so different. Um, like, what do other like 
you like what do your colleagues like think about your job do they want your job or like are they would they be scared to do that or um i guess i what do they think about it i think it is a little crazy i mean if it was just the desserts uh, that you had to worry about i think that a lot of people would be super excited i mean you know who wouldn't want a job where all you do is just play in the kitchen but um the fact that it involves you know the vehicles uh is what they're calling uh, them the centerpieces they call vehicles um you know that's a lot and it's uh when you first get into it it's really intimidating i mean you know i don't know how to explain to a carpenter you know what kind of wood i need i don't know it's it's like the dark one like <laughs> you know it's it's difficult and then you know just that you're you're also balancing the other locations and on top of that we're going to open a restaurant which i don't know if you've ever been through before um i've I have been, oh yeah. well <laughs> this is a this is probably my sixth restaurant that i've opened um and they're difficult no matter what no matter how much you plan you know how much uh how much everything's going your way at first you know things will constantly come up you're gonna forget to order something silly like cutting boards and you know all the electricity is gonna work like it's just like all of these things that all of a sudden become your job you know you you get into this you know thinking you're just gonna do pastry but um you know the amount of times that i've had to fix ovens are just obscene but it's, uh, but that's what I love about it. So if uh, if you have that type of personality where, you know, you want to see, you know, how far you can go in this industry and how much more you can do, it's just going to make you, you know, just uh, more valuable. I mean, you know, I, I tell people that I know how to program computers and input their system for restaurants they are, you know, that's not a normal thing, but the, but that's something that I took the time to learn because I think it's cool and I can, you know, control my costs a lot better and it makes me more valuable. So, and that's, and that's at the end, like, that's all I, I want. I want to make sure that, you know, no matter what happens, I can go anywhere and be good. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's the same kind of mentality I have right now. Um, I'm going for a, a manager in training position right now. And it, it's not, it's more like you said, like learning, you know, the books and learning how to run a restaurant and schedule people. And I feel like that's something that not a lot of cooks have mm-hmm. at a young age, but um, it's very encouraging to hear someone who's more experienced, you know, kind of say, Hey, like you should be learning more than just what the back of the house is. So hundred uh, percent. So uh, just a little bit more about the pastries. Like how do you, like, how do you get creative or how do you get inspired to create not only a dessert, but a, like, but a centerpiece? And is there anything that was too over the top for Barton G or like, just walk me through like your mindset of how you create these like experiences for guests? Well, you know, it's, it's always different. Um, for the most part, your, your mind just always has to be on. So like right now, like we already finished our menu and we're working on training documents. But if I have an idea, like I have to write it down because, you know, sometimes forcing the creativity is just really difficult. So um, I literally, I have like books and I have documents, I have post-its and I even have napkins and they're all filled with flavor combinations, theme ideas, dessert inventions, or just things that I think are cool that I just like want to remember later. 
Um, mm-hmm. Usually it's the need for a certain type of dessert that drives me. And I take a long look at all the notes I have produced and try to make something that no one has had before. Whether it's a crazy flavor combination, a new type of dessert, or an exciting presentation, just something always has to pop and stand out. Um, for things that have been denied, um, I I attempted to make a, des- a reggae-themed dessert because right now our industry is there the uprising industry is the CBD industry and it's hundred percent legal in um, all States. And I think that it's something that's really um, positive and, you know, it, it's not mm-hmm. a drug, you know, it's just something, you know, that, you know, gets you through your day a little easier, you know, just like, you know, kombucha, you know, it's just like a different type <laughs> of health. And so yeah. I made this reggae dessert and I put CBD and like the chocolate frosting. And I kind of made like a bunch of desserts that were like, uh, like the ultimate munchies dessert, <laughs> and, okay. you know, because I, I, you know, I wanted to push the boundaries and I, I, I put out so many dishes. So I was like, yeah, I'll just throw this one in. We'll see how they react. And it wasn't that they reacted negatively. It's just that they had no idea what I was talking about. They didn't even know what CBD was. <laughs> I had to explain it. And it, it was just a, a little a little too early for them, which is totally fine. Um, I think they'll come around one of these days. But <laughs> one of those things where, you know, it has to appeal to, like, all ages at, um, at the restaurant. And um, the older community has no idea what this is so in the younger super young community you know it's probably seen as not very positive from like parents and things like that so I think that you know the more knowledge that people get that they'll understand it a little bit more but um maybe a little too early for its time at Barton G yeah well you know good good job on um putting yourself out there and going for it you know? oh, I'm sure that'll catch on so um, but yeah, so who has been the biggest motivator in your life in terms of baking? Like, who's someone you've looked up to um, over the years or someone who's been a mentor or guided you? You know, I think a, a mentor and a motivator are very different things. Um, mm-hmm. As for a mentor, you know, I, I, li- I know that I definitely have, you know, teachers that have, like, helped and that have taught me and, you know, and certain chefs that have like kind of been around, but honestly, like a mentor is, is very hard to find. And so what I've had to do is, you know, just kind of follow my own passion and my own drive and have that be, you know, the, the outgoing factor, because, you know, there aren't, when I started, it was a much more difficult industry. And I still think that it is, in a lot of places, but a lot of the chefs that I worked for when I was young, they were pretty mean <laughs> and, and mm-hmm. they d- did not care about you. You were literally a number. You didn't matter. And they would actually even tell that to you, to your face. So, um, wow. <laughs> it was, you know, it, it wasn't difficult. But the thing is yeah. that I did have great motivators and I, I have some amazing best friends. I I could not do it without them. No matter how many times I think I'm not good enough or I'm not strong enough, they're always there pumping me, pumping me on and making sure I don't doubt myself. 
I, I, I call my friend, you know, every day before I went on set for the food network show, every time I, I go to an interview or I'm thinking about an interview or if I'm having problems at work and I, and I need some guidance or to go back and forth about options, you know, my friends are like the best people out there. And I, I honestly, like, if I didn't have them motivating me and assuring me that, like, what I'm doing is awesome, like, I don't think I'd be where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, it's interesting for me because I was very fortunate to have someone, my chef that I'm currently leaving the restaurant now, but he was someone who kind of guided me. So it was interesting to hear someone who maybe looked out to people but kind of had to find their own way. No, and that's okay. You just, you just have to be, uh, at least for me, you know, like you just have to know in your heart that like what you're doing is right. And you just have to rise above it. I mean, the industry is a hard place, but you know, the world is a hard place too. And, you know, you just have to, you know, stick to your guns, know you're awesome and, you know, do your thing, you know, and yeah, you're probably going to (laughs) fail, but then you you keep going and you know you keep trying and and that's all that matters i mean the first desserts that i put out oh god not great (laughs) i you know a lot i i learned a lot from then and you you make people try your terrible food and you get feedback and and you get better and like you you just you have to put yourself out there otherwise you're you're never gonna learn awesome so uh what is one thing you love about the food industry? I think something that I love about the industry is I just, I love connecting to people through my food. I think it's just such a special thing that I can make something, you know, totally a hundred percent. Like this is my, my heart, my soul in onto a plate. Like these are my thoughts, my experience. And I can watch someone get so excited when they, that's awesome. Like, you know, they see and there's like oh my god (laughs) and uh you know and then they're so happy when they taste it you know when you take that first bite and you're just like oh my god this is amazing like to have that effect on someone I think is just so special and and that's why I, I chose to do desserts anyway because desserts are a choice I mean you don't need desserts to live you need dessert because you want to be a little happier I mean that's the truth and, and I love being a part of, you know, someone's happiness. And, and that's why I got into the industry. Awesome. And what is one thing you wish you could change about the industry? I think I, I would like to change how chefs treat each other. I mean, there are so many great communities where chefs do support one another. But the majority of the industry is so fiercely competitive and so full of ego. I mean, for myself, like, I'm genuinely stoked when my industry friends succeed, and I would do anything to help them on their path. And I think if we all tried to be a little bit more human to one another, that we could achieve a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm of the same mindset. Uh, when I went to culinary school, I was like that. I was very competitive, and I wanted to be better than everyone and make the best food. And I realized that you're not going to really get anywhere like that. You have to support others. And that's kind of why I, why I wanted to make the page um, or like the line cook thoughts, Instagram and podcast is just support industry people and put them out there. And I think 
the kitchens I've worked in, uh, I've had some very great chefs, but I've also worked in a couple of kitchens where the chefs weren't that great and everyone was trying to put you down and yeah. everything came with an insult instead of, hey, that was good. It was more like, you know, like everything you said was kind of an insult and even like to the point where talking was a competition. I had to tell the better story or I had to, you know, oh, I got this cut because I was doing this and it has to be more extreme. And I think at the end of the day, we're in an industry where we're always competing in some way, like finding that time to just appreciate what your peers are putting out and appreciate what your colleagues are putting out is something that you need to have. Otherwise, like you won't last. Um, I think that's where the industry is at now is no matter how good your food is, if you can't talk to someone and you can't respect someone on a personal level, then you won't be able to make it in the industry. I totally agree. And I, and I, I think that things are, are changing and going that way, be it because of what you had said. I mean, it's it's getting better because you know those type of people they're not they're not going to succeed because it's it's just not going to work out for them anymore no one everyone now realizes that you know we we all deserve better and we deserve Mm -hmm. you know that if we're following our passion that we get to be in a good environment and you know support one another and you know and make ourselves better i mean you know like i i support my friend because you know he pushes me to be better He's like, oh, I don't know. You, I like. He's like, you should do this. You should do that. And I'm like, fuck yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like, and and I think that's great, and I and I value that so much. Awesome, man. I mean, I wouldn't be able to do the podcast or do the Instagram page without people like you or the friends I've had that have been supporting me. I mean, if I, I don't see anything like this really existing ten years ago in the industry. Um, just because, or maybe like the culture, just, you know, because of where it was from what I've heard, obviously I wasn't cooking 10 years ago, but, um, I'm really excited to see what the future holds for food as a whole. So. Absolutely. Me too. <laughs> um, before we get into like our, I guess like our co- like fun, quick questions, uh, what does it mean for you to be a part of uh line cook nation now? So basically I've been asking my guests this and they all have something different to say, but what does it mean to be, I guess, featured on the page or be a part of a community where chefs are going to be supporting each other and helping each other grow and, you know, putting their stuff out there to be seen by other chefs? I, I think it's so great. I, you know, I'm I'm truly honored that, you know, what we that I even got the opportunity to do this and, you know, share my story because I, I think it does help a lot of, you know, young chefs out there. And and that's something that I'd like to get into more like I like. Like I said, like I did not have a mentor, but I see a problem with that. And I think, you know, there are so many cooks out there that need a good mentor. And and I am 100% always available to be there for someone. You know, I don't have to know you or, you know, anything like that. You know, I think that, you know, building this type of community is super important. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really stoked to, to be a part of it. So thank you. Yeah. And like I said, I'm honored to have you on. Um... You know, we're just starting. Uh, we're new. We're only a, a little over a month old, but really hoping in the next few years this grows into something big where chefs can get off of work late at night or you get done creating something and just relate to someone else. So thank you for being on this. Um, if you just want to say your Instagram name or any way like people could follow your work or what you're doing, um, that would be helpful for the people listening. Yeah, my uh, my Instagram handle is just at Jessica Scott and then the number one. And uh, that's it. So uh, pretty simple. Um, 
I know I have a super basic name, but you should be able to find me. <laughs> you'll, you'll see there's like a lot of colorful desserts and then you know that you went to the right page. <laughs> awesome. All right. So uh, for a couple quick questions, um, what is your favorite candy bar? Snickers, for sure. Snickers. Uh, why is that? You know, it's something that I uh, that I always had when I was growing up. I think I just love like textures and with like the nougat and then like the the caramel that's like ooey gooey and like the peanuts. It's like awesome. Like I, right now, I actually have a Snickers ice cream bar in my freezer and it, I have my eye on it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, what uh, what's your favorite chain restaurant? Well, it's a California one. Um, I think my favorite chain restaurant is a restaurant called Islands. It's okay. known for like like burgers and beer, <laughs> and they, they they pretend that they're very islandy, but it's not. But for I don't know how, but they have like the most amazing cheeseburger I've ever had, and I I. I love cheeseburgers. So um, if it's not going to be Islands, then I, you know, In-N-Out is for sure a, a great second. Awesome. Uh, is there any uh, savory cooking you like to dabble in? Like what is it, if you cook dinner, like what's your go-to? I, I always somehow cook Italian. I don't know what it is. Okay. I think I'm, I'm just always craving Italian. So I'll, uh, I'll usually make pasta or uh, lasagna or, you know, things of that sort, bruschetta or, uh, whatever the case, but it's always Italian. What is one of the most memorable desserts you've had uh, from another pastry chef? Interesting. Well, honestly, my most memorable dessert was probably when I was 18, um, just because it was the very first fancy dessert I've ever had. And it was also the very first time I had ever tasted passion fruit. And it was just amazing. It was at this uh, fancy restaurant I, I went to with my boyfriend for our anniversary because, I don't know, we felt like spending money because we didn't have to pay rent then. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we went out for our anniversary at this fancy restaurant and they, they knew it was our anniversary. So they gave us this free dessert and it was a passion fruit raspberry tart. And it was like, so colorful and beautiful and oh my god a passion fruit and raspberry is actually now my favorite flavor combination or it has been ever since because I I just always think about that moment where I was like oh my god like you know there's more to a dessert than just birthday cake and cookies and <laughs> I think that started a lot for you know my career as well Awesome. And then I guess my last question is what, uh, what do you want to see in 10 years out of yourself? Like, where do you want to be? Uh, what do you want to be a part of? Oh, hmm. I don't know. You know, I, so far in my career, I've just been taking every opportunity that's available. Um, I, I actually really enjoy writing. I think that if one day, if I got to be a part of like the kitchen or the writing team of like Bon Appetit, I think that'd be so cool. And, uh, and really rewarding, you know, cause then I'd be like connected to like so many people. And, um, I think that would be a really amazing thing to do. So, um, you know, hopefully that <laughs> mm -hmm. otherwise, you know, uh, maybe I go complete opposite and I run away to Europe and open an ice cream shop. You know, I, I think anything is possible. That's great. 
Um, I think what would be cool is for you to start a blog or something, something that kind of documents like, how, like if you put up a new dessert or you start a new task, you kind of walk us through the mindset because I'm completely interested in what you're going to be doing over the next few months with the new bar and G opening and all that. So just a thought, um, I would be reading it. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of other people would be reading it, but just a thought for in the future, if you wanted to create any content. No, I appreciate that. You know, I, I don't think I've ever thought of that, but, uh, you know, maybe I'll look into it. Yeah, definitely. All right, Jessica. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I know you're busy. Um, I know an hour in a day, you know, it is valuable. So thank you for spending it with us. And, um, yeah, I look forward to sharing your story and I'm really excited for all the patient people out there, but all the people in the industry in general who are going to hear your story and hopefully be inspired to go try things that maybe they should, they would never have thought of. So I hope so too. And, and anyone that wants to reach out, I a hundred percent welcome it. So, um, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you.